When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From Headstuff Studios in Dublin, welcome to Mother Folklore, a podcast about words, Irish, Irish words, and words from Ireland. I am Derek O'Shea. I'm joined today by two of my favourite contributors. I'm Padre Ogrivonik. And I'm Geraldine McAvoy. Not that I don't like the others. Look, you said it now. We're your favourites. Yep, we, it's on you record have, now. You have picked your favourite children, Daddy. That's a mistake. <laughs> Two of my favourites. <laughs> okay. So I was uh, I was thinking about French recently, and I was thinking uh, my house in French is Chez Moi, and your house is Chez Toi. But if I didn't know you very well, and I wanted to be a bit more formal, it would be... Shavu. Oh, excellent segue. <laughs> I didn't even see that happening. <laughs> Sorry, I studied German for 13 years. I, just, I don't okay. know, Derek, what would it be? Shavu well, oh, is. Excellent pun. Very witty. Pun. Very witty. Shavu is your place. And we're going to go to your place today and we're going to talk about Shavu's. More than anything else, people are giving me feedback about the Irish for, about mother folklore, about things in general, about the Irish and how it may or may not be taught. And something they mentioned is, oh, you know, I don't like when people get up in my face when I miss a shavu or something. More than the Mokanilic even, I'm hearing shavus, shavus, what's going on, what's going down. So we're just going to have a look at them today. We're going to answer your questions, everything you want to know about shavus, but we're afraid to ask. Batter, what is a shavu? A shavu is Lenition. That's it. Podcast done. Log on. <laughs> That's it. Now you know. <laughs> Thanks a million. Uh, this episode was brought to you. No. Uh, <laughs> shavu is when you put a H onto a consonant in order to shavig or soften the sound of the initial consonant in a word and it's done in certain circumstances that we'll get into over the course of the episode no doubt to indicate possession to indicate um, the the gender of the preceding noun mm-hmm. to indicate the genitive case the the uh, famous or infamous Tishul Ginniduk uh, and yeah people People do get a little bit worried about that because they're everywhere. And the reason people, you know, you hear it more about the Mokanilic is you, you can theoretically get by in Irish without using the Mokanilic ever. Yeah. You know, if you don't want to talk about the conditional tense, what you would do, if you're a very definite person, if there's no possibilities and there's only definites, mm-hmm. you can get by without the Mokanilic. But you can't get by without Shavos. Because in many cases, it's it, it indicates um, it indicates some very very important information that uh, is is otherwise not given without the shavu. So it's uh, yeah, it's vital, but it's them H's that do be everywhere. <laughs> they sure do. Yeah, on the way over, I was actually just thinking because we were discussing doing this episode, and I was thinking, yeah, you you only use the shavu in these four cases, and then I was thinking. There's another actually, there's another one that you use it in, there's five, and then I was at six, and then I got to seven, and then I was like, you know what, the shave had just appear all the time. But yeah, they, they are the bloody H's, and they can cause nightmares, but I, I would urge people not to be frightened of them. And also, you said in your intro that sometimes people correct people for missing a shave as Pather did say, sometimes they, they indicate important information, but it's grand. Just give it a shot. You'll be grand. Don't worry about the shave that much. With that being said, let's talk about the importance of the shave <laughs> 
in order to first get to, I suppose, Shavu's and where they matter, I, I was lucky enough, in addition to learning Irish in school, I um, did three years of Latin. I had to stop after that because, you know, the way I was taught. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, um, the good thing, I suppose, about Latin is the very first thing you, we learned was the actual, the, the positions of words and sentences, nominative, vocative, accusative, genitive, dative, and ablative cases. So when we were learning Mansa or Dominus, I, know, I still remember to this day from school, all the things I forgot in school, but I still remember Dominus, Domine, Dominum, Domini, Domino, Domino, Domini, Domini, Dominos, Dominorum, Dominis, Dominis, which is basically the various forms of Dominus, which is a lord. Sounds like a Hungarian dance track. Yeah. And Mensa. Get down to that in Copperas, could get down yeah. to that, yeah. Mensa, which the famous organization is named after, is called because it's the first Latin word you usually learn. It's Latin for a table, and your Latin table is Mensa, 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 Break it down. <laughs> Basically, yeah. So then you think, when you're thinking, okay, what's the deal with this table? Is the table the nominative case or the accusative case? Is is Derek on the table or is the table on Derek? And then so nominative. <laughs> <laughs> that depends on how, how much Hungarian dance music has been played. <laughs> okay, so the example that we use is, say, the cat sat on the mat. In, the, in that sentence, the cat is nominative. And the mat is accusative because, it, you know, the verb is accusing, I guess, the mat of doing something. But genitive comes into it when it's the when the mat actually belongs to the cat. Correct. The genitive case. The funny thing about this is these are terms that we, as Irish speakers growing up in Ireland, or even as English speakers growing up in Ireland, we would have heard in reference to the Irish language. And yes. never once in reference to the English language, which, you know, talk about the way it's taught. The way English mm-hmm. is taught, it's, it's, you're not taught how to speak English at mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. Uh, You'd certainly not taught grammatical forms of English, or, and and English does have grammatical forms. It just it's very intuitive to us, you know. How do you know that it's children and not childs? Yeah, you know, we just we just know, we just know, we just we lick it off the stones in the streets. Mm-hmm. We just know. Uh, so a lot of people don't realise that there is a genitive case in English, usually mm-hmm. um, indicated by an apostrophe s to show ownership, that there is a dative case in English, um, which remnants of which we still see in things like to whom Mm -hmm. am I speaking? Or, you know, he is Darek. I gave it to him Mm -hmm. instead of I gave it to he. Um, So it's it's still there. Like, that's why you sometimes hear People saying, you know, to whom am I speaking? Or this is he, and mm-hmm. those are the cases in in evidence in English. So yeah, it's 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 something that we we don't tend to see. But uh, it is interesting you mentioned the genitive case in English as being apostrophe s because that is one of the parts of English that English speakers themselves struggle with. Yeah, people get it wrong all the time, and I am one of those people who has a permanent marker in my bag that will go along and correct signs. With, oh. with his, <laughs> yes, I am that person. Like I won't vandalize. There'll be ones that are on the back of a toilet door. They're already paper. It's, mm-hmm. it's not vandalism. I'm just providing like grammatical advice <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. The mildest um, level of civil disobedience yeah. I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> like I won't write it on the wall, but I will just do it on a piece of paper, it's, just to provide. It's funny aid. that both you and Emer have are, have vandalized in the name of either grammar or or, or polite politics. Yeah, I I will not vandalize, but I'll draw the line. My mm-hmm. my my line is is incorrect grammar and incorrect use of possessive uh, possessive uh, apostrophe. apostrophe. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's one of those ones that like everybody get. No English speaker knows how to use it properly. Uh, well, on. okay, a lot of English speakers know how. But like <laughs> people either know or they don't know. You know, there's no kind of like I, I know sometimes and it either grates on people or people just don't realise. And you see it all the time, even on I know there's a pub around Dublin that has incorrectly used 
and a, a possessive apostrophe and I can't think of it now. Um, but there is one around, you know, it happens mm. all the time that people put it on their establishments. It's not important for people, but it's such an important, well, it's important for some people. <laughs> um, but it's such an important issue that people get so bent out of shape about um, in Irish and in other, not so much other languages, but yeah. particularly in Irish, people get really bent out of shape. They call it, it the greengrocer's apostrophe when it's misused in English, and it's kind of it's kind of classist, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a great there was a great story about a, a greengrocer's in England that had carrots, a sign that said carrots with an apostrophe. S at the end mm-hmm. and whenever anyone went in to correct them they pointed out that no my name is John Carrot <laughs> this is Carrot's Carrot, groceries. Like that's that. classic yeah it's pretty good that's mm-hmm. fantastic so it translates in the in the Irish language as the the Tishlgenenloch um, so that's how we talk about something that belongs to something else and this mm-hmm. is I think where the Shevu comes up one of the problematic areas that just frightens people. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. How do you know? Nobody knows. Well, people do know, but like it appears mm. and disappears without kind of uh, pattern, which I think upsets people and worries people and can be difficult. There are some patterns and one of the most famous rules that some people remember from school is either called the dental rule or the don't tell long stories rule. Either of you want to... Yeah, I remember it as dentals. Yeah, I, I had dentals, dentals D-N-T-L and S. And this is a rule that... So, first of all, you have to take a step back and say that when two nouns come together, the second one will be in the genitive case, largely, usually. And the genitive case is indicated in a lot of instances by using a shavu. Mm-hmm. However, the exception being to that is if any two of the letters D, N, T, L and S come together, as in the last letter of the first word and the first letter of the second word, um, mm-hmm. this is already needlessly complex. This is, <laughs> <laughs> this is why nobody teaches it properly. Uh, but uh, yeah, so for, for example... Your name is Darach, yeah. and uh, if I were to say that that's your hat, mm. it would be Hata Horik, yeah. right? However, if I was to say it was your pen, which has an N, it would be Pian Dorik, so Ooh. as opposed to Pian Horik because of the dentals rule. So it's one of those things that's inherent. I mean, if, if, the way I would always describe it is it's more difficult to pronounce uh, Shevu with mm. one of the dentals, but then again, I mean, is it that easy to pronounce? CG, you know, I mean, are, is Irish really that easy to pronounce if you're completely new to it? And it's important to remember, I suppose, that in this instance, the actual, the written word follows the spoken word and the shavu is actually there to help you say mm. things easier. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And and the one other thing about it is if you're at the stage where you're getting the dentals real wrong, you're grand. Mm-hmm. You're grand because you've already gotten way past the basics of what is a shavu, where does it go? You know you need to apply it. And if I were, for exa- for argument's sake, to say pian rorig, communication mm-hmm. achieved. No one has a problem with that. Yeah, no one's going to say, my what? Yeah. Okay, so let's leave the dentals rule aside for the moment. Garajin, you know the way Irish is really easy? Yeah, it's super easy. For example, German has over 200 regular verbs. French has over 350. English has over 370, but Irish only has 11. Yeah, and they're really easy to learn. And they're probably one of the things that people remember most often. And, and as with a lot of irregular verbs, they're the ones you use most often. So they might not seem that difficult. Maybe the mook nila now might be mm-hmm. terrifying because I know it's like, you know, it's a bo- boogeyman of Irish. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, probably when you're learning verbs, the most common thing that people would do in school and probably one of the things that people remember most is the past tense because it's really easy. Yeah. You take the stem of the verb generally, different with the irregular verbs, but you'll you'll know them, and you put a shavu. Boom, we're done. Past tense achieved. We can talk about all what we did yesterday. We went mm. to the shops. We went to the cinema. We hung out. You yeah, keep saying went, it. even though that's one of the 
Yeah, Irregular ones. <laughs> I can't think of any other words. True. To throw, to throw, to, to throw something. So if I say throw that bottle, Cahan hmm. Budgel. Please don't throw the bottle, Derek. Put it down. Put it down. <laughs> but if I were to say you threw the bottle, ha to on Budel. Yeah. So it it is simple. Past tense. How do you know it's in the past tense? Because unless it's an irregular verb, shave yeah, it. Shave it. Yeah. It's and it's it's something that um so for example, one of the ones that people really know um it would be Rinne, um mm. or the verb Dane, or if you're in Cork or Munster, Yin. Yeah. Um, but with Rinne, you can't put a shavu because it's an or. You can't put a shavu with an or. Um, just doesn't work. You, it'd be really hard to say a Rinne. I don't, mm. you're, you're you're verging on French territory there. So um, yeah, verbs like Kianig, Kianig, Kuig, Kuig, Hosig. That's all the sound of the shavu, and they are really common, and people do know them. Mm. So they shouldn't be that worried about the shavu. That's how you do it. If you're not sure how to make the sound, go back to an irregular verb that you know. Say it to yourself, and there you have the sound that it makes um, with that particular letter. So I suppose that's probably the most common place that people see the shavu and encounter it, and they don't even realise they're encountering it. That's just mm. the way it is, and you know that's it. It works really simply. It's just to indicate past tense. You can't say fairer than that. <laughs> no, you, well, yeah, yeah. Shave her explained. Done. <laughs> Out of here. <laughs> there are other. There are loads of other reasons. Of course, one of the other reasons you'd see uh, shave uh, on a noun mm. is if the noun is feminine. So mm. ban on yeah. van, fwinog on inyog, and so on and so forth. Strangely enough, Colleen on Colleen. Yeah. Because Colleen, meaning girl, is a masculine noun yes. in Irish. Colleen is a masculine noun, which just goes to show you that gender is a social construct. Boom. Yes. Boom. <laughs> Is there a shave one woke in Irish? And a woke abroad. Voke. Voke. Another interesting use of shave is in compound nouns. For example, eishtfeisht for an earworm or rivvusht for email. Yeah, so this is just the same as the Tishilginadok rule of when two nouns come together, the second one will be shaveha or mm. lenited. Um, sometimes, actually, strangely enough, another word for lenition, the English term for shavu, is aspiration. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean lofty aspirations, but to aspire is to let some air in. And that's yeah. literally what you're doing. You take a hard word like a C, like cot, yeah. and then you just go hot and you just let some air into it. So it's it's a nice little yeah. way of thinking about it. Um, but yet, if you take a compound word like eistfeist or shanvan, shanvan vocht, and in that you get two uh, instances because uh, you have the feminine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you actually end up with on tanvan. Um, because on an S, the shavu is replaced by a small T beforehand. On Chan Van, uh, and then you have a, a shavu on Ban, so Ban, Shan Van, because it's a compound noun. And then afterwards, the adjective that follows it, Bucht, is also shavu because the preceding noun was feminine. Sometimes I think with grammar in general, it, it reminds me of... Uh guidance in school once told us that describing a spiral staircase without using your hands because normally when I describe a spiral staircase I move my hands in a in a spirally motion and I say yeah it's like stairs but when you actually have to describe it without using hand movements you have to say that oh there's a central axis around which the various stairs um, are going to adjust themselves and it becomes it begins to sound more complicated than it is yeah. but the idea that say you'd have an adjective after a noun and they would both agree with each other mathematically I mean, that's not uncommon. That's the rule mm-hmm. in French also. Um, I had a French teacher who was very into like 
stamping her foot and like chanting stuff at us. So much like you remembering your Latin, I remember my 16 etroverbs like off by heart. Ooh. And uh, one of the things she used to say was the adjective and the noun must agree in gender and a number. And so you would have to agree your, your adjective. I mean, there's nothing. I mean, a lot of this is if you speak another language, the first language that you learn to speak becomes easier. You start mm. making connections and, you know, the second language you, you learn to speak or the, the third, you know, mm. you're, your third, second learned language um, becomes easier again. Um, so you make connections and you realize, well, that language isn't so so strange. Um, and yeah, so so Irish is, is similar to a lot of languages in that sense that you have to agree your your noun with your adjective or your noun mm. with, with whatever it is. Uh, with the adjective and with the number. Yeah, exactly. So, for example, in Irish, uh, we get shacht mod vora, seven big boats. So bod, more, but shacht mod vora, because yeah. of the various rules that relate to what you put on a word after a certain number and what you put on an adjective after a noun after a certain number. But I'm glad you said bod more, not bud more. Because <laughs> this is a family show. It's a very different thing. <laughs> uh, wow, this got dark again. <laughs> I think probably the the problem with, with, not the problem, but the issue with people who learn Irish, and our, ourselves included, is mm-hmm. that you're learning Irish from English and English is insane. So yes. if you were to learn Irish from another more sensible, more like... Like Czech. Yeah, well, okay, Czech, that's crazy. <laughs> they have like 27 declensions in Czech. Which makes Irish so easy. Yeah, it does make Irish seem, seem really uh, easy. I, I remember when I worked in, in Fionter, we had a guy who did our computers who was Czech um, and he spoke Irish like fluently. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's, he's awesome. Um, we literally all know each other. <laughs> There's only the 18 Irish of us. The language word is tiny. <laughs> um, but yeah, if I think if you learned, if you your first language was something a little bit less insane than than English, then perhaps Irish wouldn't seem so wacky. You know, it's not that mm-hmm. wacky. English is wacky. You know? It is. And yeah, we, we will we'll certainly get back to that one, all right. It's not, <laughs> English is mental. It's just so counterintuitive. It's a crazy language. Very it's glad a crazy language. that I had it from birth and didn't have to learn it like, oh, because I'd mm-hmm. given up already. Can you like, imagine trying to explain to someone how tough and cough don't rhyme? This is it, man. This is it. Insanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does, it does not make sense, but we should, we'll get back to that. And I think it's that a lot of the fact that English contains so many different forms in it and it's it's taken words without chewing them. It's swallowed <laughs> words without chewing them and that's one of the reasons it carries the way it is. <laughs> We're just going to take a quick break so you can hear about another show in the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Marcus O'Lara. And I'm Taz Callagher. And together, we've made a podcast for people who say they don't have time to listen to podcasts. It's called In the Shower with Taz and Marcus because you're supposed to listen to it when you're in the shower. 15 minutes of your day uninterrupted, you're washing your sexy body, listening to us answer the mysteries of the world. Listeners send in questions that they've always wondered the answer to, but never quite went as far as typing into Google what that mythical question's answer is. Have you ever wondered how much wood a woodchuck would chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Or if there's a correct way to wipe your bum? Or why the hell humans fall in love or kiss? Why do we never see baby pigeons? And loads more. We answer these questions. We expand your mind while you wash your behind. So subscribe now and make sure you tell all your friends. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts and they come out on Monday morning at 6am, no later, just in time for your Monday morning shower. And in the meantime, keep keep scrubbing. So what is the difference between a shavu and an uru? 
I would argue that an Oreo isn't a lot more fun to say. Um, I love saying Oreo. I love when they appear. <laughs> so yeah. much fun. Um, so an Oreo beca- comes at the start of the word. So the Shevu is immediately after the first letter. Um, so it's your H immediately after the first letter. It's always a H. Whereas your Oreo is, depending on the first letter of the noun you're talking about, um, is a corresponding letter that goes with that. And uh, yeah, it goes at the start. So it goes before um, your first letter. And they're the combinations like uh, MB, uh, GC. Um, BHF. BHF, yeah, that's a fun one to say. Ooh. Will or will. Um, uh, yeah, so they look a little bit wacky, but... And TS. They, TS, yeah, they're they're really fun to say. Pal has already mentioned the... Uh, the so where where Shevu is lenition or aspiration letting air in and Oru mm. is eclipses where you Ooh. eclipse the sound of the initial consonant of the, the word you're talking about so mm-hmm. um, at the bar yeah. Egon Mar. Mm. Egon Mar. Yeah, Egon Mar. Mar. That's nice, yeah. It's, yeah. it's good. Or my favourite example is out in Connemara where if you want something touch Egon Mac Call my bicycle. I was about to say that everyone's favourite Connemara um, ism is the Erma bicycle. Erma bicycle, and and it it indicates another core reason why you would use a shavu to indicate yeah. possession, yeah. first person or second person possession or third mm-hmm. person masculine possession. His yes, uh, and then you use an uru to indicate uh, plural possessive yeah. mm-hmm. uh, so first person plural and and uh, second person plural and d- 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 or yeah or mycically yeah. uh, vor mycically and amycically yeah, yeah so third person plural mm-hmm. possessive as well yeah and one of the ones that when you speak of possessions one of the ones that almost everybody knows anyway anybody who went to to mains normal I don't know normal, okay. English language schools. No, but <laughs> went to a school in Ireland, effectively, a Catholic school, uh. you would know Arnahar, Arna, and you had to learn the Arnahar. Mm. And that's an example of it because it's our collective father, Arnahar. Um, so that's why that N mm. is there, that lovely, instead of Arnahar. It it's, it's harder to say. That's why we have it. Um, one of the ones I forgot, and it's my favourite thing to say, is NG Egonyata. So fun to oh. say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Sometimes I just sit at home saying initial consonant sounds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we, li- we like them all. Are there any we don't like? I didn't think so. No, no I no, love, I love them, all. them all. They're so <laughs> fun to say. They are unique to Irish. I mean, they're the ones that freak people out who've never seen Irish before and they see them together and they're like what how do you pronounce that Mm. Um, and I love them they're so uniquely Irish and I love that about it and you know they are fun to say they're different they're a different word combination it's it's like when you're learning a different language that has a particular or sound so French Mm. or um uh, Swedish has a different or sound um, you know you're learning to say and then eventually you master it and you're like yes I can do it now and then you like overuse it yeah. <laughs> because you've eventually gotten your, your tongue around it so I think that's the way with, with uh, the errors they're difficult to say but once you get there you're like yeah I did that I accomplished that here's a question say my my surname is O'Shea if I had a sister her name her surname would be Snihei there's a Shevu in there mm. Can you explain? So Irish surnames um, are generally broken into masculine and feminine, and depending on your own 
gender uh, identity as a person. Uh, so, for example, I'm O Quevonig, but as you rightly say, if I had a sister or a daughter, or indeed as I do have a mother, uh, it's Ni Quevonig or E Quevonig, depending on whether or not she wants to take. And this is quite interesting because in Irish, um, you don't have to, there's no miss or mister or Ms. You You can indicate that if you so desire through the little link word in your in your surname and mm-hmm. most surnames have have link words uh, an o or a mac or a knee or a nick mm-hmm. or an ua or a de yeah uh, so yeah so with the so the norman words like de de butler de, you know de, de stack um they don't have uh even with the uh, with the with the female you forgot uh, what de Verad. De Verad, yeah, de, there's no, or De Valera. There's no, <laughs> there's, well, thankfully, you can't do a VH anyway, but, uh, yeah. uh, so you De Verad, Leo De Verad, my old mucker. Yeah, um, yeah and, and then, so there is, increasingly, with anything like to do with gender identity or the likes, uh, people are, are sort of rebelling against the old conventions. And mm-hmm. uh, one of the ways that uh, women, for example, can choose not to reveal whether they are married and taking their husband's name is to use the masculine version of the name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, uh, when I was in Maynooth, the librarian was Etan O'Shiachan, even though Nihiachan would have been the accepted mm-hmm. uh, version. But like, it's your name. You can do whatever the flip you want with it. My wife does the very same. So she's O'Shea. She's O'Shea, yeah. Yeah, and we talked about it on, um, I think it's our second or third episode, we talked about um, myself and, and Shuin and and Emer talked about um, surnames and examples of famous Irish women who had Mara Mockenty being Mara one of them. And yeah, I'm not sure why the Shevu is there in the female. So oh, it's possessive. Pos- that's what I oh, thought. It's entirely and I, possessive. It's so that. outdated. Yeah. It's oh, entirely man, another, that's what I was yeah, because of. like, and for some reason even though our naming structure is possessive yeah. um, it's all son of and grandson of and daughter of and granddaughter of it's only in the feminine part of it and despite the fact that as you discussed on the Brown Law episode we had a fairly woke legal system for an early medieval society yeah. it was pretty uh, okay as far as women's rights you know certainly compared to European countries at the time mm-hmm. it was fairly okay but that said they still their names were as if they were chattel uh, and it's uh, it, yeah you, it, it's just the possessive so that's why a lot of people are going like we don't really yeah I'm not a big really fan like of that, that now I'm yeah. going to continue to ignore that it's possessive and just pretend that I don't know why it's there just keep on <laughs> well, using it's, it's it <laughs> grammat- grammatically possessive not legally possessive you know when Brehan Law was in, in Ireland and we had all this sophisticated uh, marital breakdown arrangements uh, at the time, a pig or a rooster could give evidence in court in France. Really? Yeah. Did you have to get a rooster whisperer? <laughs> Did they have to swear an oath? This is fascinating. You put one wing on the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> I will absolutely share the article that, that I'm, I'm using as evidence for this outrageous claim. <laughs> put your wing on the Bible. It will come out when this episode comes out. <laughs> I'm fighting. Okay, so I want to talk about, say, in my various readings, I've seen egg and got but also egg and hot. And I'm wondering what's going on here. Ah, you see, who are you reading? Because if you were reading, for example, Patrick Pierce, Porrick Mac Pierish, yep. he would have definitely sworn he was a big fan of going to Connemara and a big fan of going to Corcoguina down in Kerry. And he certainly would have been egg on got, egg on Eronyata or Egon McElvin House. Uh, <laughs> however, if you were reading Joseph Magrina or Seamus O'Grina, any of the, the, the two... 
very interesting brothers from uh, the, from Tirkunnel who had different versions of the same surname, Makrina and Ogrina. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would have said uh, er on yata or mm. egg on hot. Because in Tirconnell Irish or Ulster Irish, uh, they use what's called the Lenitian system, where mm-hmm. they don't use an Uru after Egon, Eron, Leshon, and Fween. I hope I'm not leaving any of them. And Asan, Asan, yep. um, which is basically prepositional um, forms of the the, 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 the noun. Uh, they use Lenitian, so they use a H, they use a Shevu, whereas in the rest of the country, they use um, a, a, an Uru or mm-hmm. eclipses. And when they were writing the standard, the Kaidan Ifikul, the politics was so strong over this one that they actually settled on, you know what, both are acceptable. Ooh, fudged it. Completely bottled it. Mm-hmm. Bottled it. But I think that's something so special about Irish, that like, there's all of these rules, but then there's an underlying everything that's error, whatever way you say it is grand, you know, which I love about it, you know, because you can't really get it wrong. You it know? comes down to a, a taste for coalitions that goes right back to 1916 <laughs> and earlier. Like, or we had a revolution that was a coalition. Exactly, yeah. It's something about this together. We were already, you know, so far ahead of the current DUP, Sinn Féin situation. They should just take advice from what we did with the grammar. Just look, it's both grand. Mm-hmm. Everybody's grand. We'll all get along together. You can say whatever you yeah. want. Just yeah, have a laugh and yeah, just, you know, laugh enjoy yourself. Friend. And remember, if people know what you're trying to say, you know, that's what's really important. Yeah, I think that's... that's and if you're saying it with a bit of flair, then all's the better. Oh, absolutely. Panache. Mm-hmm. All we want is panache. Yeah, just throw, throw the, the arrows in there just to, and, and emphasise them. Make sure you emphasise it because then people will think that you speak Irish. You Grand, yeah. Just fake it we, till you make it, lads. When we were in... When, we were in, <laughs> in sec- when I was in secondary school... Um, a long time before Garadine, but thankfully a long time after Darrock. So I'm just going to put that out there. Uh, we we would just, if we wanted to make something sound more Gaelgae, we would mm. just throw throw an El Shavu onto it. Like we had a we had a vice principal for a couple of years with a big beard, so oh. his nickname was Unveered. 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 Yeah. So fear unveered. Sounds ominous. Mm. Yeah, so we just used to throw it around. But yeah, look, Shevus, Urus, they're, they're part of the building blocks that make up the language, uh, mm-hmm. but they're not the foundations. So if you manage to get your point across without using them, fine, fair enough. You're not going to get an honours degree in Irish off the back of that, but you'll certainly be heard, you'll certainly be understood. And look, if anybody's down to the point of correcting you unbidden at that, like some people love to correct and they love to help out, yeah. but some people just um, don't. <laughs> And you know what? We we appreciate them very much, you know? I mean, there are some people who won't cross the road when on an empty street at that four in the morning until the green man comes along. And, you know, we like them too. Without them, life would be anarchy. <laughs> it's true. It's full of dangerous people like Garadine drawing on paper. Violet, yeah, just vandalising <laughs> left, right and centre. Crossing out green gro- <laughs> grocers' apostrophes. <laughs> well, I wrote my name on a carton of milk in the office fridge, so I think I'm becoming one of those people. <laughs> did you put the did you put the possessive milk. apostrophe to Darak's milk with the possessive because I would drink that if you didn't put the possessive apostrophe I would drink that milk because you didn't deserve to have it out of spite and she's lactose intolerant she'd make herself sick out of spite and on that milky note <laughs> I want to thank my <laughs> a milky note is the most horrible mental image on that rich, creamy, milky note, I want to thank my contributors today, Padre and Garajin. Gurmagat. Gurmila. So it's a slant from me. 
a slant from me. And a slant from me. See you next time. <laughs> Hey gang, thanks for listening. This is Pather from today's episode. Uh, just asking you to please, as always, rate and review this episode and all our episodes wherever you get your podcasts. There's a new motherfucker lore out every single Friday on the Headstuff Podcast Network, home to such amazing podcasts as Juvenalia, In the Shower with Taz and Marcus, and Our Sexual History, among many others. Thanks to Brian for producing and a big shout out to Kirsten Shield for the amazing artwork that accompanies every episode. You can contact us at motherfucklore at headstuff.org. You can join me every week on Radio Nalifa 106.4 FM for Scale in the Shachtana. Look back at the biggest news stories of the week and please, please, please join us next week for more Crack August Olas on Motherfucklore. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Something that has confused or startled or even just um, thrilled learners. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Three thirty in the morning. Not a soul in sight. We sat four deep at a traffic light, talking about how dumb and brainwashed some of our brothers and sisters are. While we wait for green.